Poddo. Welcome to A Pod Too Far, the place where Michael Caine is still in his first flush of youth. I'm Rob Hutton and I'm trying to get to Berlin and get the boys back home. But if I want to do that, maybe I need to call on the services of a borderline psychopath. With me is Duncan Weldon. <laughs> Very good. And, and we're watching Patton. Is it Patton? Is it Patton Lust for Glory? I, I, I think it's Patton in Britain. It might be Patton Lust for Glory in the US cinematic release, I believe. Right. But yeah. Okay. I, d- I actually did try to nail it down. I didn't, yeah. didn't get a satisfactory answer. When I came to look at my, my notes from watching the film, just on one page I've scrolled, he is nuts. <laughs> um, this is the story of General George S. Patton. Yeah. Who... It's a classic biopic picture. And, you know. Yeah. It's the kind they rarely make nowadays. Oh, and it takes him from sort of the tail end of Operation Torch, the yeah. uh, capture of North Africa, to... End of the war in Europe. End of the war. Yeah. So that's, what, two and a half two years? Two and a half years, years yeah. 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 Had you had you seen this before? I had seen this before. I'd seen this a couple of times before. The first time I'd seen it in good 10, 15 years. I'll tell you what, it's a good film. It's a good... I hadn't realised it was Francis Coppola that wrote the screenplay. It's, it's, a, it's a well-scripted film. It's a well-directed film. It's a fantastically acted film and it's a good story yes i mean i i have to admit i'd, I'd seen the, the opening speech before yeah. but i had not seen the rest of it and yes i, I was actually I, I watched it while sick on the sofa um and it's it's a perfect film to watch under <laughs> yeah. the duvet uh, and, it, and it's, it's also so you know that decision that you know this is the story of Patton from sort of you know u.s involvement in north africa in the war till the end of the war in europe you're missing out sort of the bulk of Patton's career and he's, he's just this Everything you expect to be true about Patton as this sort of bullish fighting American general is true. Like, you know, he takes part in the U.S. expedition into Mexico in the 1910s. He's a cavalryman. He, he designs the, he's a fencing champion. You know, he designs the saber that U.S. cavalry are holding. He's this sort of swashbuckling fighting cavalryman. He then, you know, transfers that to tanks later in the war. Yes, I think, I mean, does he develop US sort of armour tactics yeah, they're, they're yeah. Basically sort of the first version yeah. so I mean we, I, I, we talked about how the Americans have a view of the war which yeah. which, by the way is the, the war in Europe that we see here is is the American view of the war which yeah. is basically North Africa Sicily D-Day well, not in D-Day uh, Battle of the Bulge yeah. the end the end you know. yeah, yeah I have a British version so of the war Norway which Dunkirk is, Norway North Dunkirk El Alamein yeah. Uh, yeah. Bridge Too Far yeah not 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 yeah. clear what happens after Arnhem. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> something <laughs> happens. Eventually, war ends. Some, yeah. Something or other has happened. Yeah, yeah. basically over. Yeah. And so Patton is kind of obviously you know you're sort of aware of Patton, but yeah. I didn't know he'd read about him. El Murray, uh, sort of friend of the podcast, mm-hmm. um, excellent book has a chapter on Patton, yeah. which actually is basically just a, a dissection of of this amazing speech. Yeah. At the opening of it, um, which. Yes, most of what I know about Patton, I I'm, I, I learned from <laughs> Al Murray after watching this and from watching this film. Yeah, they haven't made much up, have they? No, and and you know your scrawled note of this guy is nuts. I think is fair. Actually, you know, sort of the best thing counterintuitive that could have happened to George Patton happened to George Patton, which is that he died at the end of the war very soon afterwards. Yes, so, you know, had had he not, he would have ended up as another sort of McCarthy, you know, the U.S. general in. Asia, who ended up having to be sacked Ur- by Truman. Urging the use of nuclear yeah, weapons. In, you know, yeah, urging, urging the use of nuclear weapons in Korea. I mean, you know, this was a guy who, you know, was sort of almost, you know, laboratory built for this war in Europe, 40, 43 to 45. And there was very little to do with him afterwards. And I yes, think, you know... And um, I, I think they, they, I mean, they hint at some of this stuff, but yeah. 
it, he's clearly not got a massive problem with everything that the Nazis were doing. And quite, you know, sort yeah. of, again, I mean, we, we, when we talked about Dirty Dozen, we talked about the sort of the, the, the current American view yeah. of the yeah. greatest generation. Yeah. Patton sits uneasily. I, you know, Eisenhower and Omar Bradley are, yeah. are, are much more sort of easy greatest generation yeah. generals. Patton's a bit like, eh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe we should join the Nazis and just fight the Russians. <laughs> yeah. So this film comes out in 1970. Yeah. Is this a Vietnam movie? That's an interesting one in that it's, uh, what, what, what's your argument for this one being a Vietnam movie? Well, I sort of think that a war movie made, made, yeah, made, yeah, made in America yeah, it can't be unaware how, of it. How is, it, how is it not a Vietnam movie? I suppose yes. would be my, yes. who, who are the people who are going to see this who are interested in the military who are not thinking about yeah. Southeast Asia? And is this when we bring up Richard Nixon and this film? And, and Richard Nixon definitely thinks He, loved, he loves this film, doesn't he? <laughs> how much does Richard Nixon love this film? Duncan? Richard Nixon loves this film so much that he keeps showing it in the White House in a private cinema. He makes Henry Kissinger watch it twice, and Henry Kissinger once manages to get out and makes, <laughs> I've got a National Security Council meeting tomorrow, and, you know, you've already made me watch this film if you want. Richard Nixon loves this film so much that when he goes to China, Zoe Lay watches the film before he arrives to better understand Richard Nixon. That's, I mean, that's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I would say that Richard Nixon loves this film so much that he watches it and then, then invades Cambodia. <laughs> <laughs> there are respectable sources. I, yeah. This is definitely an episode after which our podcast page will, our, our Facebook page will have links yeah. to interesting articles yeah. you can read around this. So, so there are respectable sources that, that say that the day before he makes a decision to invade Cambodia, yeah. he watches this film again. <laughs> and you can't say, you know, George C. Scott made me do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose the thing is, if, if you sort of, if, you, if you're sitting there thinking, am I going to do the thing, the, the thing that all the pointy heads are telling me is a sensible thing to do? Yeah. Or am I going to be a man of destiny yeah. and do the yeah. bold thing? Yeah. Watch Patton again. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Very, very strong sense yeah. that that this is encouraging nutso people to be nuts. Yeah, but that was but, that was presumably not the intention of no. I mean, the I makers. Think... The, 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 it's probably probably they did not expect Cambodia to be invaded as a result <laughs> of their film. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, because it's not a you know, it's not a hagiography. It's it, it, it's a fairly rounded portrayal of Patton. You know, it's, it's got the, you know, the incident in Sicily when he... Yeah, it's a soldier know, slapping incident. Yeah, yeah, when he goes, to, he goes to the hospital and the soldier's got traumatic stress, shell shock, whatever, no physical injury, and yeah. And, you know, that, that was a big thing at the time that Patton was reprimanded for, but you didn't have to show that in the film and they, and they, they no. put it in. No, I think, I, don't, I think it would be... I mean, it's sort of because it does explain why he's in disgrace. Yeah. He's very much his... Yeah. His low point. I, I I noted that Patton is both the hero and the villain yeah. of this film. I mean, he's basically all of the characters. He is. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite that he's his own worst enemy. That's not quite right because he's definitely not his own enemy. He no. loves himself. Yeah. But unless you're Richard Nixon, come out. Unless yeah. you're Richard Nixon, you don't come out of this thinking, "What a great guy." <laughs> <laughs> we should have put him in charge of more things. It, it's a it's a long film. Let's talk about it. I would say the moment you you want to come into this film is. The first, the first second is it's the oh, opening the, speech. Yeah, the, yeah, tremendous, tremendous. So apparently, George Scott, George C. Scott, refused to do the speech at first because he knew they wanted to put it at the front of the film, and he thought, "No, we'll do this." And 
then I won't be able to beat it. That will be the the summit yeah. of, of the film. And they they said, "It's fine, George. We'll show it. We'll show it at the end." <laughs> and then they didn't. But he was a strange guy in many. He, he didn't turn up for his Oscar, did he? He refused his Oscar. He doesn't. He didn't believe in acting competitions. Yes, this... he basically, you, you can't compare. You, there's a f- great phrase about it being some kind of horrible meat fest. Which, having been to an awards ceremony recently where I didn't win anything, I can complete. I, can, <laughs> I concur with that. Awards <laughs> ceremonies are, are, are awful. But you know, <laughs> but you're turning down your Oscar on not turning no, up for yeah, all, I, I, your I, own. Oscar on principle is quite. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a, he's an interesting. I mean, this is, he's in other things, yeah. and I've seen him in other, and I've liked him in Anatomy yeah. of a Murder and this kind of thing. But, but this is definitely. But, I mean, he is tremendous, this, and that speeches. Yeah, you, t- you said you didn't know uh, Francis Ford Coppola wrote the script. Yeah. I didn't either, but, yeah. but I mean, this is sort of film studies one hundred and one. But it's yeah. very hard to get away from a film that opens with a huge U.S. flag and a man standing in front of the. US flag talking about the fact that Americans like winners and Americans like fighters. Yeah. And not to think about the fact that the film that Coppola is famous for that decade, The Godfather, op- opens with the 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 Undertaker yeah. saying I believe in America. Having made that sort of sophomoric media studies A level point. Yeah. I don't quite know where to go with it, but I just, I just thought, <laughs> this is a film about America in, in some, I mean, you've got a media studies A-level. You, I do, I do, yeah. I do. It's a bit rusty, but I do, I do have it. Yeah, I can see why Richard Nixon liked this film so much, put it that way. What is this film? This film is a story of America in the Second World War, a Second World War that was very much won by America and the Brits are yeah. just annoying and caused problems. And how is the war won? It's won by hard men like Patton who cause problems. But if you can point them in the right direction, they're going to do the job. And you need. Yeah. And one and message of the film is you don't just need your Eisenhowers and your Bradleys and all of these sort of soldier statesmen, slightly more reasoned politicians. You know, we're fighting a war. We need people like. You need a man who is going to stand on top of a truck and shoot at a Messerschmitt with his pistol. Yes, that's what ultimately. you need. That's what you, know, you need. That's, that's sort of, you, need a, you need a lunatic. Yeah. And yet, it's a Vietnam film. There's, a, I mean, again, it's very hard to watch a film. I don't know how long it took them to make this, but the the bit America does not, America has never lost and will never lose a war. Yeah. In a film in 1970, yeah. it's like, uh, you, you you definitely knew that you were losing by then. <laughs> yes. You know, it's not a, it's not a sort of satirical point exactly. It's almost no. just a. I mean, maybe that's just Coppola. Is just that, that's the thing about The Godfather is that yeah. that, that that America is. At once, something that you can believe in, yeah. but the Godfather. The Godfather is about America in the sense that it's about the Undertaker's belief that this is a place where where he can raise his family. Yeah. But it's also about the fact that when his Undertaker, when the Undertaker needs justice for his daughter, he has to go to Vito Corleone. And this is a film about the fact that America is a great, powerful nation, but also needs not just. It's not just that he's mad; it's that he's nasty. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, you need that harder edge at times, and yeah, yeah. I'm going back to, I can see why Richard Nixon loved this as well. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, in Nixon's head, he's presumably, you know, he is presumably Patton. You know, America has never lost a war. Someone's going to have to do this. this, this yeah. This, uh, yeah. I mean, so, so the, we can't go through all of the great scenes, but the first battle scene. Oh, yes, in this, Catherine, yeah. That yeah. is a, the moment where you're like, oh, right, okay, so you had, you, you, you've had a budget. Yeah. And you've got holders and kit. Yeah. I, I think... I think actually of, of the, certainly of the war films we've watched so far, this is the first one where I felt. I mean, obviously 
there's there's a couple where they where they get destroyers. Yeah. So the Battle of the River Plate, they got they got yeah. destroyers. Fair enough. Those are quite large pieces of equipment. Oh yeah. yeah. But somehow there's something more impressive. Yeah. About even, all even, of these tanks. Yeah. And, even more so than Bridge Too Far. Yeah. Which has a lot of armor in it, but this is yeah. This, this is a sort of you know an order of magnitude up it in terms of... It does feel like you are actually watching the US Army and the, yeah. the German Army yeah. sort of... I, although I did did strike me that they only ever there's only ever two Messerschmitts in the air at any yes. one time. Yeah. Were, it's slightly like Dan Buster's, they've got two. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I would also want to be called in for any scene with bagpipes and marching. Of course. Um, I, just don't know, I, don't know, I don't know why people don't like those things. I'll add that to the list along with riveting. Yes. <laughs> so after he's... After he's sort of he's, so he's he's disgraced after after Sicily and the yeah. soldier slapping and then he's called back because yeah. again you know they've got stuck having landed in in France yeah. and you yeah. need your lunatic back and the battlefields the battlefield aftermath scene where he stands there sort of looking at these dead and dying boys and just the most amazing quote I love it God help me I do love it so I love it more than my life yes. Again, that's proper. <laughs> do you, do you, would you like to sit and talk to someone, George? You know? <laughs> have you have you sought help? <laughs> so, uh, but it's it's yeah. good. It's a good. It's a good scene. I, mean, I just, actually, I think I think maybe there was a, maybe there was a child in the room for that because they were sort of asking. And I think I said, you know, look, if you're going to be a general, you definitely. Have to look out at these. You a have to look out at these guys and give them this this completely false speech that tells yeah. that you're all going to be fine. Yeah. And b you have got to be content in yourself with they're not going to be fine. Yeah, there's consequences of decisions you make. Yeah. And there's not. Yeah. Um, and he was good at this. That's <laughs> it. And then the march on Bastogne. Yeah. All of that is just yeah great. Yeah. So great great fun fact about this is this film is filmed in Spain. They realise that it snowed somewhere. Quick lads, dash off. I don't know if that was the plan. I don't think they were basically just waiting, but the, but the, the entire crew yeah. will have to dash off so they can march through the snow to film to film the Battle of the Bulge. <laughs> Back to the shooting script. Yeah. yeah, obviously it does. It must. It must snow in Spain. I. I was. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any women in this film? There are actually loads of women, but they're all in one scene. There's the yeah. women of Knutsford. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> There's one scene where, and they, the only credited woman is a Knutsford woman, it says. I, is that, is, is yes, the it does say Knutsford woman. Knutsford, Knutsford. <laughs> this is not a date movie. No, no. I think, I mean, if anyone is listening and thinking unless about you're this going as a date on a date movie, with Richard Nixon. Unless you're going on a date with Richard Nixon. This is not, if any women are listening to this and a man suggests that you go on a date to this film, <laughs> run. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Did you? I mean, I, I haven't even attempted to do a body count. Oh, we're, casual, we're, into the fa- we're into the thousands. How, 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 how many? How many people died in America's yeah. World War Two? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's yeah. going to be a big number. Yeah, it's um, going to be a big number. You know, the weird thing, sort of stepping back, is you know, the film's called Pan. I mean, it, it does what it says on the tin, doesn't it? I mean, he's essentially the only real character in the film. Omar in some Bradley ways. is interesting. Is this sort of because... like, you know underling, then superior, but sort of almost almost off stage? I feel the, you know, as a presence. Well, I, I no, I disagree because I, I I feel like he's slightly the moral heart. Okay, in, yes, in the sense okay. that you have to have somebody. Yeah, there's this idea in there's this idea in in comedy called sort of straight line wavy line, where, where yeah. basically comedy works because you have two people interacting and. You have to have, as it were, one person, and it can it can switch in comedy, but mm. you have to have one person who is 
who is behaving rationally and yes. one person who is not behaving rationally yeah. and that's that's that's, a, that's how you yeah. get your comedy there's obviously there's a dramatic version of this yeah. which is you if you're going to have George Scott is a lunatic. You've got to have yeah, someone standing thing. nearby saying, "Is that really such a good idea?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, I mean, so this may be the least accurate bit. Yeah. About, apparently, apparently, Bradley and Patton more or less hated each other. Is that? Yeah, I, I, I don't think they got along. Although nicely, Bradley makes quite a lot of money out of the Patton movie because he's a consultant on it, and it's, is he? And it's partly based on his book. So uh... this is, you know. When you and I have fallen out completely <laughs> and you have then died and they're making Weldon lust for glory, I'm going to cash in. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's, yeah. that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, I struggled with a best death. I mean, there's various sort of junior officers. Yeah, but it's not. It's, it's, it's not that there isn't any combat in this film. Yes. But, but it's at a sort of different level to yeah. the other films we've talked about. It's it's yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it is slightly it's a general's view of these. Yeah, I mean things. this is the thing. It's world. It's it's the latter stages of World War Two, as seen from a command vehicle yeah. or a command tent or yeah. Yeah. So in a sense, if 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 somebody gets killed near a general, they're quite unlucky fundamentally. I mean, something has gone wrong, or yeah. all the dirty dozen have turned up. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. Yes, on, yeah, on a on a um, mission of no military importance. Yeah. Did it memes? Slapping a soldier. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's what's going to go away. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, like, I quite like Patton directing traffic. That was all yes, quite jolly, yeah, actually. Yeah. Given that this is basically a film with one character, does, I'm struggling again with the stiffest upper lip award because I don't think that Patton has a stiff upper no, lip. No, this isn't stiff upper lip. This isn't, it's, this isn't like, it's a massive toddler. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, it's a directed temper tantrum. That's Patton's yes. wall. And as long as you can point that temper tantrum in the right direction, it's all fine. Yeah. <laughs> And when it's when the toddler gets angry with you know his own wounded soldiers that you have problems. <laughs> yes, I mean, so there was this there was this whole thing with post traumatic stress, and, yeah. and 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 we 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 have talked. I mean, we, when we were talking about the Dirty Dozen, we talked about the the fact that that, that Lee Marvin yeah. had seen some pretty horrible things yeah. and is then drinking heroin ten years later. America, I, I'm sure Britain, and all all these countries basically fail to understand combat yeah. stress. Yeah. Although we're better in the Second World War than the first. Yes, but oh, actually yeah. still in the Second World War, still yeah. failing to understand it, in the sense yeah. that you've got a general who who, yeah. who fundamentally believes that, that there's nothing wrong with these guys. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean that that's sort of you know, I, I did all of yeah. these all of these guys then then, you know, go home in nineteen forty five, nineteen forty six and yeah. you know, and with all of this unprocessed trauma and I I think that that's a great I, I, if anyone knows of a read of a good book about that about the the sort of the psychological effect of yeah. all these men having been away from home doing really horrible unpleasant things and then coming home and never talking about it i'm i'm really it's i'm really curious about it and i yeah. just know so so do write in uh, or tweet us or go to our facebook page addresses at the end of the show nastiest nazi i mean there are nazis in this yeah though not in the italian cut in the italian cut all scenes with the germans are just I just cut. What? I, I, I read this on the internet. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It's just like, just like, it's sort of, you sort of, I mean, you do need the scenes with the Germans. But yeah, so apparently yeah. the Italian cut is about 20 or 30 minutes shorter. Fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's sort of, sort of works without it. Yeah, I can imagine it working. Yeah. And they're not uh, crucial to the. I, maybe the Italian, maybe, I don't know, I don't know. There's some Italian thing going on yeah. there. 
It's again, it's one of those films really did where... Film, did this film do well outside the States, though? I know it was a it huge did very hit well in the States. Yeah, huge hit in the States, which is obviously the market that it's, matters, but... It's not... It's not a staple in this country. I no. mean, you, you, if, when, when this is screened in this country, it's generally screened at midnight. This is why I haven't watched yeah. it, is because I will sort of turn on the TV late at night. Yeah. And there's an amazing George C. Scott speech. And then I'll think, if I want to watch the rest of this, I will still be awake at 2 a.m. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. I'm, I'm going to bed. The Lady Penelope Award, let's yeah. do that for um, the gratuitous Britain in an American film. I, you can't really complain about gratuitous Americans in a film about Americans, but... <laughs> I mean, there's there's Monty, yeah, who's just portrayed as some sort portrayed as some sort of buffoon who's yes. you know, messing up Sicily, messing up um, France, messing up um, messing up by pulling away resources for Arnhemort. Yeah, just yes, you know, yeah, interfering on Monty, yeah. and then Freddie de Guingand, who yeah. is Monty's sort of presence on Earth, yeah. who is it's a blink and you'll miss it moment if yeah. you don't if you're not writing a lot about Freddie de Guingand at the moment, which I am, a moment where he he pops up to explain that the British can't possibly go and rescue the 101st yeah. Airborne at Bastogne until, yeah. you know, month after next or something. Yeah. And, and I have no idea whether that's true or not. Yeah. But, oh, no, um, this gets really contentious because we, you know, our, our view of the war, as we always say, shaped by movies, ends at Arnhem. Yeah. The American view of the war you know, has this big Battle of the Bulge winter thing in. There are quite a few British troops involved in the Battle of the Bulge. You know, they come down towards the end, and there's, there's lots and lots of British troops fighting. And there's there's the Monty press conference. So oh, that's Monty, right. at the yes. end of it, Monty does a press conference in which he basically claims to have saved all of these U.S. airborne. And it does sound Bradley, like the sort of thing that Monty yeah, would do. Yeah, and both Bradley and Patton just go nuts. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's one of these sort of like, you know, inter-allied spats towards I mean, the end. The, so there's a, there there are actually some nice lines about the Monty Patton rival because Monty yeah. is Monty is obviously offered up as the British version yeah. of Patton and yeah. there's a I now can't remember what line is but there's something like where Patton says I I know I'm I sort of know I'm a lunatic and he doesn't yeah. know he's a you know I I I know I'm doing this for show yeah. he doesn't know that yeah although you sort of think do you though <laughs> George do you I mean what both Monty and Patton seem to have understood is that soldiers needed to believe in their generals. Yeah, and they both spend a lot of time working on their image. You know, with Monty, it's the, it's the tankers, barely, yeah. and with Patton, it's the spats, and the, the cavalryman spats. And they've both got this, you know, very distinctive look and style, and yeah. But, I mean, it's actually... it's So, before... Before, as it were, Patton has got to... Before Patton's got to, mm. to North Africa, Monty has... Monty pitches up in Egypt in the middle of 1942 with the 8th Army, who are a bit on their uppers and who are a bit daunted by Rommel and yeah. he decide now he says afterwards you know oh well I, I was sort of doing this I, I did enjoy it but you know but I, I was really doing this because the men needed it certain extent to which you yeah. sense that Monty quite did really did enjoy it but yeah. but that he he thought they've got Rommel the enemy's got yeah. Rommel our guys need to believe they've got someone yeah. too and so I will give I will be that person yeah it's it's a version of the do we need a psychopath? It's do we do we need a a massively vain martinet? <laughs> you know, because of course yeah. Arnhem is partly a function of Monty's vanity. There's an awful lot of that in 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 this as well. You know, there's sort of in the race across Sicily. Yeah, and there's a moment where Patton says, "Look, you know, I I know you're angry with me for throwing all of these men, you know, in into the meat grinder in order to get there. But if we'd gone slower, more of them would have died." Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there is some truth in that, but you know, it's 
tricky, isn't it? It's tricky. It's yeah. tricky. So with, this is one way, one in which, as I suppose, as we started with the Nazi's Nazi question, the sort of all of the villains in this are on the Allied side. Yeah, For, as far as Patton's concerned, Monty yeah, yeah. is Monty is Mon- the enemy. Monty, Monty is the real enemy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> getting in the way. I mean, as it turns out, he's quite happy with the Germans. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the trouble with this is that the completely implausible moments, like giving the chaplain a bronze star for the prayer that of uh, for the the prayer for rain. Well, the prayer for not rain. Yeah. I can't remember which is yeah. that's that's true. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, that's, I'm going back to your first scrawled quote. This man is nuts. Yeah, I think that may have been when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> and the only bit of this I thought I don't believe is the bit where you go to the German sort of command bunker and they seem to be keeping score on the Allied generals. Yes, I'm sure they're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why? 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 Got to pass the time somehow. <laughs> nothing else to do. Maybe they've got, maybe they've got a sweep of, going about yeah. who's, who's, who's going to get to Berlin first. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they were doing that. <laughs> um, no, but otherwise, but you know, I, I I do think it's not a bad. You know, as cinema goes, I think it's quite an accurate portrayal of you know the war from Patton's point of view, forty three to forty five, whatever. Yeah. And in terms of problematic moments, Patton is a problematic figure. Yes. Yeah. That so he he's he is, and that's sort of the point. Yeah. So I, I think if you're making this again, you can more or less do it. Shot for yeah, shot. and not, I think it was not easy. Much... I think also even when this film was made, you know, the film was probably, you know, the whole process will have been made easier by the fact Patton was dead for 25 years at that yes. point. It was much easier to give this sort of rounded, warts and all portrayal of a guy that's been dead for two and a half decades. My favourite story about this, they wanted to make a, a Patton movie. Almost immediately yeah. they want to make a Patton movie yeah. and Patton's widow refuses point yeah. blank. Patton's widow dies... They go back to the family the day after her funeral, and I would just say that was too soon, lads. I would have, I'd, I'd have given it the week. Yeah. That's and the family yeah. amazingly still say no. <laughs> so they sort of they end up doing this without family cooperation, without yeah. access to his diaries. Although, from what I understand, his diaries make him sound sort of completely nuts. Yeah. Too. But you, you, know, don't, like, you don't, you don't need them. You've got Omar Bradley, but um, yeah, you know, it's twenty five years. You've got this time. You've got this space. You can. I mean, it would have been a much worse film if it was done immediately after his death and they were... Yeah, you yeah. don't want... You, it can't be respectful. It's a, also, it's apparently... So, Patton, Patton, the real Patton, had the wrong voice to be <laughs> Patton. He's got quite a high-pitched voice. Yeah. And there's a theory that's why he... That's why he he swears so much, though. Yeah. I, again, you know, sort of, there's a there's a lovely quote in the in the Almari book about you know that this is how you basically this is how you communicate with people is you yeah. is you, you get you get your soldiers' attention by by swearing. But and it, I mean this film I don't know what rating this film was, but apparently they, they had to they had to tone down the swearing yeah. in the speech for this film so to to get it released, which is sort of bizarre yeah. in 1970 because this was never going to be a you. you no, know. no, 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 um, no. But uh, no, but, but apparently he's got this quite high pitched voice, whereas obviously George has got yeah. got the voice that Patton ought to have had, the, the voice that Patton wanted to have. Yes. I mean, let's, um... <laughs> the best lines, the, all of the best lines, I think, basically are are in the first five minutes. Yeah. No bastard ever won a war by dying for his country. He won it by making the other poor dumb bastard die for his country. I mean, all of it. It's just you could just read all of it. They, they, the billiest bastards who wrote stuff about individuality for the Saturday Evening Post don't know anything more about real battle than they do about fornicating, and that was not how he put it. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> it's all gold. All of that, which is more or less. The, and you know, I mean, since, yeah, I, I now can't think of that opening speech about imagining Richard Nixon watching it. And- <laughs> Loving every moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, is this the Duncan? Is is this the operation that changed the course of World War Two? Well, you know, this is the course of World War Two. Yeah, II. this is the course of World War Two. I think of all of the films we've spoken about, this one's got the best the best claim to it. And that, you know, it yeah. is that grand sweep of the war in the West. And yes, it you know it overplays the American role, American contribution compared to Britain and the other allies. And yes, it overplays Patton within that. But it's it's not a bad retelling of the second half of the war in Europe at all. Yes, actually, if you want, if you if you if 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 you're British and you want. You want the American yeah. version of the war. It's actually, it's a really good primer. Yeah. Yes. It, it, the only thing, the only thing that's missing is D-Day, which, which upset him. But yeah. <laughs> um, worth dying for. I think it's a great film. I, I do. Yeah. I, think, I, think the, I think the acting is phenomenal. Even though he turned down the Oscar, it was well-deserved. The script is really good. The direction's fantastic. It's maybe a little bit too long. It does have an intermission. Does, 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 did, you, did you stream it? Does the streaming have an intermission? No, it, they've cut the intermission from my the stream. The DVD oh. has a moment where it just says intermission. Oh, so I paused it and went yeah. and got something. <laughs> <laughs> and the As the director intended. <laughs> I think it's the first time I'd seen it in a long time, and I think it's a genuinely really good film. Yes, I, will, it, I think that was definitely the first time that I had watched it from beginning to end in, in, in one sitting with a, an intermission. And, and I absolutely loved it. Ladies and gentlemen, Patton. That was A Pod Too Far with me, Robert Hutton, and Duncan Weldon. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, and if you liked it, rate and review us. You can drop us a line at podtoofar at gmail.com or on Twitter at podtoofar. If you want to watch along with us, next week, The Man Who Never Was. (laughs) 